Hi, hey. you're listening to Ask Your Dad, oh, Don't Ask yeah. Me Why. What? This podcast is named that. We're gonna give out advice for free. For free. Though we're not trained professionally. Not and you're gonna listen. Because we're your dads. <laughs> Mic check, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Mm. Turn me up, turn me up, turn me up with my headphones. Mm. Oh, sleigh, can you serve by the boots early week? What so proudly we heard by the twilight's last giving? I'm just kidding. We don't have we don't have anything else. Happy Pride Month, everyone, and also welcome back to Ask Your Dad. We have returneth. We are in your ears again. I say we, but it is just me because you know what? It's important as a father figure to take responsibility when you walk out on your people, and that's what I did. No, nobody else is part of that, and so now here I sit in a new place with no ac on because if i put the ac on it's gonna get picked up in the microphone and nobody wants that that's it's not good content you know what i'm saying so uh i think the first thing (laughs) the most important thing is to just kind of walk through the why why was there this random there have been ask your dad hiatuses before but normally it's like two weeks three weeks Nah, bruh. It was three months, right? Or maybe four. Because the last episode was at the end of March. Because it was right before my birthday. No episodes in April. No episodes in May. No episode. Okay, yeah. Like three months-ish, give or take. Um, So here we are in June. And we're finally back. And now I have to take everyone on this journey of how we got here. <laughs> so basically... Even way before, way before the hiatus, in January or so, I was kind of like, and if you listen to the podcast at that time, you probably like knew. (laughs) I was kind of at my like last straw, so to speak. Like I was not doing so hot. Like I was really stressed about, um, I was really stressed about like the fact that I was still living with my parents, the fact that I graduated at that point, almost a year. Um, and I wasn't like doing something that I studied or doing something that was like within my field. You know, I was working with kids, which is great. Love kids. Kids are the bomb.com. But it, it felt like, I don't know, it felt like I was giving my all to something that was not my like forever thing. And I think for me, working with TTYP, which is the daycare that I worked at, um, it was like really great. It was really exciting. I felt like really capable in that position. Like I felt like there's definitely like a future for me in childcare if I ever decide that I want to go back to that or even teaching. Um, Cause I feel like I'm pretty good with kids and I'm pretty good with like the mental health side of like bringing up kids. I think it's why I want to be a parent so badly, but I was like in this place where I was like, I'm giving my all to this position. 
but I'm not getting paid like I'm giving my all to this position. And even if I like work myself up the ranks, like I can't do the part of the job that I love and make the amount of money that I feel like I should be making, which is probably what teachers around the world are thinking all of the freaking time. So I just realized that this is, this is probably not like my end place. And so I was like, I should probably start looking for one. I don't want, I didn't want to live in Jacksonville for the rest of my life. For those of you who don't know, Jacksonville, North Carolina is basically, how do I describe it? It's near the shore. There's many a military bases, mili many, uh, many a military base in proximity to Jacksonville, in Jacksonville and around Jacksonville. So it's just, it's just, it's a culture that is not for me to stay in forever. I was finding myself trying to like meet people and trying to like connect with people. And when I say people, I just mean Marines, men who just would make me feel like there's no way for me to settle down here. There's no way for me. I'm not going to marry a Marine and then fly around the country. Like that's not, that's not going to happen, first of all. And second of all, I'm not going to stay in Jacksonville. As much as I love my parents and I love my family that lives out there and the people that I met while I'm out there, it's just not my speed. So I was like, okay, we got to, starting like around January, I was like, really like, okay, I got to start thinking up a plan to kind of get out of there. <laughs> and I was super lucky because my friend Ariane texted me around that same time where I was thinking those thoughts. But yeah, she reached out to me and she was just like, hey, um, I know that you're probably looking to move at some point. I know you're like looking for jobs and stuff. Um, how do you feel about maybe looking for jobs in Raleigh? Because I'm looking for a roommate starting around sometime this summer. And I was like, yo, bro, you done read my mind. And so I was thinking about it for like a week or two. And then I eventually just texted her back and I was like, yo, we're committing to this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to find a job. And I'm going to move out to Raleigh. Again, for those of you who don't know, because I know a lot of you guys are listening on the West Coast, Raleigh is the capital of North Carolina. So it's just a little bit more city and a little bit more what I'm used to than Jacksonville is. It's also, there's a big college, NC State, like close to where I live now. And so it just, the culture and the vibes are a lot more similar to Flagstaff than Jacksonville is. And so it's been, it's been a much more comfortable transition. But anyway, back to the story, right? So I start looking for these jobs, you know? Again, still recording the podcast, still working at TTYP all this time. And I'm just applying for pretty much any size, shape, of job that I could possibly get my little, my little grubbers on. <laughs> and I eventually, I think this is like March now, I eventually land on this greeting card company called Pretty All Right Goods. And I just thought that their, their application poll was like really interesting. Um, they were talking about how they really wanted someone to write a uh, cover letter to show your personality and to show that you're like quippy and fun and to see like what you can bring to the team or whatever. And I am a very, uh, I would say that writing is my passion, <laughs> but I'm a very like passive aggressive writer. So this was like, this was like very, this was probably like maybe the 15th, 20th job that I applied, I had applied to since January. 
Um, so I was getting really just annoyed with the process or whatever. And so I just wrote this like really, it was honest and it was true to me. And it was about like all of the things that I've done and stuff. Like it wasn't like I was, I was just talking shit. Like it was, it's a pretty good cover letter. I mean, that's what, that's what they said anyway, but <laughs> it was, um, it was very snarky and quippy. And I talked about my experience working with, um, residence life. And I talked about the fact that I have no real like experience with, the greeting card industry at all but like i'm really interested and i'm down to get into it and i complimented their products and all that stuff so i kind of threw that out into the world thinking this would be a really cool job this would be a really cool position i didn't even say this i applied for a position that's way higher than my field which is a thing that people say that you should do but i never thought that it would actually like work i was just again so fed up with applying for jobs that i was just like this seems like a cool job. I'm just going to apply for it and see what happens. And things happened. Um, I got a couple interviews off of it with them and they talked about how they weren't going to take me in for the creative director position because it's a much more experienced position than I am. Um, but they offered me an internship. And so that's what I've, I've been doing since. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I said this was March, but this was really February. So I've been doing this since since March. I've been working with them, helping start up their TikTok, writing products, brainstorming, being with the team and all that stuff. And so in the very beginning, I was working remote. Like I was doing mostly just TikTok stuff and writing up product ideas remotely from Jacksonville while still working at the daycare and still living with my parents and just attempting to save up to make this big move. Um, and so all of that was happening. And then... Me and my friends planned a birthday trip in April to Disney. And so this is, this is, that's the moment when I stopped recording Ask Your Dad. Because when I went on that trip and I saw all of my friends again and I was with all of my people, I was just realizing how kind of short life is one, but also how I was, I like how badly I needed that trip. <laughs> basically how I kind of like exhausted I was and how hard I was working and ask your dad is it's really fun and it's a thing that I do but like it's it's all on me like I have to edit all the episodes I have to get people to get on the podcast I have to edit the graphics that go on the social media I have to run the social media and post pretty often and come up with a game plan to advertise the podcast because eventually I want it to kind of like take off and become like a big thing like I have big ideas for like the things that ask your dad stands for, I think can grow into much bigger things. Like maybe like a nonprofit or like, I don't know, like really cool stuff I think can come out of this podcast. And so I want to put in the heart and soul of it that it deserves so that if one day some random producer or some random benef benefactor comes, stumbles upon my podcast and says, we should give him a show or we should give him a blah, blah, blah. It's like polished and together. And they're like, okay, this person has work ethic. So I went on this trip. I come back on the trip and my intention was to start recording Ask Your Dad again when I came back from the trip. But that whole month, that whole April, it was like go time. Like I had to basically get ready to move and I had to pack up all my stuff. And I also, we were doing a play at um the daycare and it was like the last big hurrah basically for me at ttyp so it was like super important for me to like put my all into that and like learn my lines and help the kids learn their lines so i was just focused on like way too many things 
all of that to say, I've been focused on way too many things. But starting around, I'm saying around, but it was like a definite date. The end of April, first week of May is when I moved to Raleigh officially, technically. Because <laughs> even then I wasn't really in Raleigh. Um, the first week of May, I moved into my uncle's house and my uncle lives in Zebulon because it wasn't wasn't available for me to to move into the place I was moving into just yet. So I had to stay with him for a little bit. And he lives where he lives in Zebulon is about like 38 minutes away from where I work. So that was like a whole new thing to on top of living with my uncle. And he's a character. We'll get into him on another episode. But on top of that, I also had to commute for the first time. I had to basically learn how to like drive, drive. Like I knew how to drive to like get to and fro, but I had to learn how to like freeways and roundabouts and all of the shit that you don't have to come across when you fucking live in proximity to a military base or a college um so yeah it was it was a lot big learning curve basically no time no time for 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 this podcast but now i'm all moved in to my new place i am working pretty consistently at pretty already goods now in person and at home sometimes it's pretty cool um, and I feel a lot more comfortable, a lot more at ease, a lot more just ready to just dive in to uh, <laughs> everything that is Ask Your Dad. So I'm very excited. Also, you may have noticed if you clicked into this episode, but there are new graphics for Ask Your Dad, including a new cover that I collaborated on with Meg Neal. Again, love my Meggie Meg Megs. Um, she did such a good job. I think it's so, it's so good. I like it better than the original cover. Maybe, maybe you personally like the original cover better, but shut up about it. I don't want to hear your opinion because it's my podcast, <laughs> but it's like really cute anyway. Um, <laughs> so shout out to Meg. You can, I'm going to put her, um, her at in the, in the bio so you can go check out her design stuff. Cause she's quite good and she's freelance. So if there's something that you need designed, you could reach out to her and, Pay that girl and get it done, baby. So that's probably going to be it for the man cave segment this episode. There are some hot topics in the world that I would kind of like to talk about. One being Mr. Liam Payne and the things that he has to say about his time in One Direction. That smelly, smelly man. But we're going to hold off because next week we'll have a stepdad on and hot topics are always better with a stepdad. So I'll try to save some things and also there'll be new things to talk about. But I hope this update sufficed. I hope it gave a little bit of context, a little juicy, juicy context to the things that have been going on with me and why there hasn't been episodes. But now we're here, baby. And so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some advice, baby. Ooh, yeah. All right, everybody, we are back for the titular segment of the show. Oh, it feels so good to say that again. Oh, my God. The titular segment of the show, Ask Your Dad, the segment where we give some advice to the people in need. Um, just as like a little warmer, warm, warm, warm up, not warmer. Oh, anyway, just as a warm up to wet my whistle, I went on Instagram and I asked some listeners to ask me some existential questions for me to answer before we get into the advice of the world the reddits of the world so let's see 
what people got to say about that. And once we answer those questions, we'll get into the, the, the hot goss <laughs> of the world of Reddit. So the first thing that we got is it's a big one. Does anything really matter? Hmm. <laughs> this is like, this is like the existential question, I feel like. And I think, yes, I think that ev mm, mm, how do I put this? I think that things have to matter because if things don't matter, then yeah, there really is no point to life. And I think that that's not a really helpful mindset to be in. And so I like to think that even if life is like incredibly shitty and everything is really stupid and it feels like the world could end at any time, which it could, cause you know, climate change, <laughs> pandemics, <laughs> there's there's a lot of a lot of uh things that have shown us throughout history that like our lives and our existence on this tiny speck in a great great big galaxy is is uh what is the word there's a there's a there's a word it's on the tip of my tongue it's on the tip of my tongue anyway anyway there's like a lot of things that show us that we are insignificant in the grand scheme but if you walk through your life <laughs> thinking that you're insignificant and that nothing you do matters, that's gonna fuck you right on up. You're not gonna get anything done. You're not gonna have any fun stuff to do. And so whenever I get in that mindset of does anything really matter, I just think of all of the cool things that I can do, that my friends can do, that I can consume, that I won't get to consume if I just check out, right? In May, I didn't talk about this, but in May, I went to a Rex Orange County concert, and that was, like, really a big deal to me because Rex Orange County is, like, one of my one of my people, one of my artists that was, like, there for me, I feel like, when I was going through college. Um, you say that? Like, she literally walked into my college dorm and, like, did my homework for me or something. No, I just mean, like, his music was very uh, pertinent for that time and still is. Um, who cares is a really great, a really great album with a really great message. And I think that that's the better spin. I'm saying all of this to say, I was so looking forward to that concert for like a really long time. And it made me realize a thing that I used to do in high school, which is do these countdowns. There's this app that I use called, um, what is it called? What is it called? It's like, it's like, uh, it's like a big day. It's called big day. And you can just put in like whatever event that's coming up and the date of it. And then like every day it shows you like how many days you have until that. And I think when you conceptualize life, like a lot of things that don't matter or a lot of things that aren't super relevant to you that lead up to these big emotional, great things that are happening in your life. I think that things are more enjoyable. So I would say yes, all that to say, yes, everything matters because even the shit that doesn't matter leads to the shit that will really matter to you. And life is a super personal journey that you're going through. And you got to pick the things that matter to you and just hold out for those things. I feel like I talked into circles, but I think that's the point of existential questions. No? Yes? I think so. All right. We got a couple more that are kind of from the same person, but they kind of stack up on each other. So the first one is how do you cope with the thought of what comes after death? 
Jesus Christ, you guys are unwell. Um, for me, I just, since I was like a really little kid, I've conceptualized the fact that there is a chance. And, you know, people believe all the things that they believe about the afterlife. And I respect all of those beliefs. But I think that there is always a chance that when we die, it is just bleak nothingness. And so because of that, I cope by just living the the best that I can and living beyond my means, which is probably not something I should recommend to everyone. Um, sometimes I look at my bank account and I feel fear, the fear of God in that. But... <laughs> I'm, like, really, like, for instance, I spent a lot of money on, like, designing my room this year, and I'm really happy with how it's coming out. Also, side note, I just realized that my Rock Lee rug that I ordered is supposed to be here. It says it was delivered, but I did not see it on the porch, so I have to go look for that. But anyway, I'm, again, super, 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 super all about living in the moment and doing things yolo yolo it's a state of mind baby it's a state of mind i think that you just got to do everything that you can because you literally could die at any time so i don't really think about what happens when you die just the fact that death does happen like whatever it is you're not going to be the same person you're not going to have access to the same things that you can do in this life and so i cope by just living like larry baby that's how i cope with that on to the next question um Oh, the next question was just uh, connected to that. Do I believe in afterlife? And personally, I think, I don't know why I believe about the afterlife, if I'm going to be honest. I think that reincarnation is a cool concept. I think that that would be fun. And I think one thing that I've noticed, at least in my personal life, I feel like a big purpose of life is like these big lessons, these arcing lessons that are told through like multiple people's lives and also like an individual life and individual things. I think that as humans, we are like just programmed to like seek out these stories and to seek out these lessons. I think it would be cool for like whoever the creator is or like whatever made us, it would be cool to have reincarnation because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that just makes like this, this big lesson about like people in different um, upbringings and stuff. It's like a new, a new season of like an anthology series, like, like American horror story you play a new character and then maybe toward the end of your life, you start to like put the pieces together of like, Oh shit, I used to be a fucking robber and now I'm a fucking cop. Let's analyze, you know, that stuff. Also, this is a spoiler, but, um, in multiverse of madness, they talk about like the whole, like when you're dreaming, you're like living your other lives or whatever. And I think that that is a really rad concept. And I don't know. I would love to live another Herman in a different multiverse when I die as well. That would be kind of cool too. This is all conjecture. This is not, this has nothing to do with what I believe. I don't really know what I believe about the afterlife because of all the things I've already said about how I cope with the thought of it. Um, final question, and then we can finally move on to Reddit, <laughs> is what do you think about soulmates? Personally, um, it could just be because I'm a gay man, but I do not super believe in soulmates because i think that our social structure does i don't know maybe again maybe i'm just really fucking unlucky but i think our social structure just doesn't really allow for two people who are destined to be together to be together so maybe i do believe in soulmates but i feel like it's not like a practical thing like i don't think 
too many people will actually practically end up with their soulmates just because of the way our social structure works. Because, okay, like think about me. What if my soulmate is somebody who's closeted and is closeted to the point where they're like dating a woman, for instance, or married to a woman or has a whole full family and they're my soulmate. There's not a lot we can fucking do about that, can we? There's not a lot we can do there. So, and I think that that's, I mean, you know, there are millions of scenarios in which <laughs> you could be blocked from your soulmate. Maybe that's the point of soulmates. I don't know. Some rom-com reader or watcher should tell me how soulmates work because I'm starting to think I don't actually know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're going to move on now. Hope you guys enjoyed some existentialism on the top of your episode. This is kind of a heavy episode. <laughs> I didn't mean it to be. I wanted it to be festive and fun and family reunion-esque. So uh, let's hope we have some some messy, messy, fun, silly, goofy things in the Reddit zone. The Reddit zone. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's, let's check it out. Okay, so this one is interesting and it's about a family dynamics, which is like chef's kiss on this show. Oh my god, I totally forgot to pick a naming theme. All right, all right, all right, all right. So the naming theme for this episode is going to be Sesame Street characters. Hopefully I remember enough Sesame Street characters to name everybody. Um, this person is a dude, 21-year-old dude. We're going to go easy. We're just going to name him, name him Oscar, all right? So Oscar says, my parents aren't together, but we all live together. I just need some viewpoints. I'll explain the situation below. So my mother and father have split up after 30 plus years together. I'm 21 and I'm an only child. I could have had other half siblings, but due to my mother's old life, she, for lack of a better term, scraped the egg basket almost clear. Wow. She's 50 plus and had multiple abortions. So that's the first barrier in me and my mother's relationship. She has never told me the whole truth about this. Always in the heat of the moment. I wish you ended up like your siblings. Who says that? to their living child what the hell this caused a wedge between us but since i've learned about it from my dad i've let the resentment go i've always wanted siblings but has always been shut down so it was nice to have some closure as to why then she cheated on my dad when i was a wee wee barn did you mean wee baby or is this some slang from another country around six years old and then when i was 16 Jesus Christ, your mom is a trip. My mom and my dad aren't married, and it just coincided with her decade birthday. So me and my dad joke about the coincidence of it all. This broke my dad at the time. He was thinking about suicide, and I was holding him together while try I tried to finish my exams. Emphasis on tried. Since then, he tried to move on while still loving my mother, which he did well for a long time, but his partner wanted me and my father to move in with her and blend our families. We both turned this down so that we could stay as boys and so that i could have my first partner around without needing to ask first that's a confusing sentence to me but we're going to keep on reading then my mom came home and my dad's partner got rightfully upset my mom was couch surfing and me and my father had beds two years and she's in a bed in my room on the other side and now i can't have my girlfriend over and i can't go to her place because her dad doesn't know about us story for another post yeah <laughs> thank you for not adding this on because it's already a lot since this has all happened, I've asked them both if they'd get back together, and they both said yes. Unfortunately, this isn't what I want for them. I'm okay with them getting back together, don't get me wrong, they're still grown adults. But they argued a lot when I was a kid. My mom's always been physically violent to my father, has tried to be to me, but unfortunately for her, I'm used to lugging around 
50 kilogram bags at work for four years at this point, and I'm 5'11", so she had difficulty making any hits that counted for anything. Alright, I almost made a terrible Pokemon joke, but I will hold it back. So I think it's best they stay separated, split assets such as the house, and go their separate ways. One perk of this arrangement, which seems to be what they are both going for right now, is that due to my dad's poor credit score, I can put my name on the deeds and as such boost my credit score exponentially. My plan's always been to buy two houses and rent one off, so I just buy a larger house and run off the current one to my dad, and then invest the surplus into a business for myself. Wow, you are so capitalistic and money-minded. Good for you. Going back to the events, the reason my mom is staying with us is because me and my father care about my mother enough to still try to protect her from being blackmailed into doing things by the man she cheated on my father with. Oh my god. Her reasoning for why she has to live with us, however, is because her father had a stroke. I've always looked after my grandparents on my mom's side because both of their kids are sociopaths in my mind. My uncle pushed my granddad, causing him to fall, and this caused a blood clot. Oh my gosh. Ergo, I'm in no contact with said uncle for that. There's like a lot of stuff in this message that dilutes from the main point, so I'm going to skip a little bit down. My bottom line is that I don't have it in my heart to shut out my mother completely, but what do you guys think is healthy boundaries for the future, regardless of if my parents get back together or don't? Adding to this, I'm sleeping at my granddad's to look after him tomorrow and Wednesday while my grandma's on holiday so that she he has someone to make sure that he eats and takes his medications. It sounds like... This is a lot. I I very much understand you taking time to like support your grandparents because it seems like they have not done anything wrong. They have not done anything super messy and you just got to make sure your your grandpappy is all right. That is that is so valid. So valid, right? Where I get lost in the sauce is that in this whole message, you mentioned like your personal life, like maybe twice. You mentioned that you work a job where you like lift a lot of weight. And you mentioned that you have a girlfriend who you want to be able to see and want to be able to have over. Everything else in this message is about like your parents and your parents dynamic. And I know that in some cultures and in some places, it is so natural and so like culturally appropriate for like a parent and a child's life to be intertwined in such a way. But honestly, one, the amount that you know about your mother's like miscarriages and the amount that like was forced upon you at an like early age knowledge of that is concerning. The amount that you know about your mother and your father's relationship and the amount that like you're a part of it and you're a part of like the decision making process, like with his partner or his ex-partner, I guess at this point, is concerning. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like your lives are like too closely intertwined. And so I know your question is like how to move forward with like boundaries. And I think that that's the biggest thing. Like I think that you should try your hardest and also inform your parents that like you don't really want to be a part of their relational figuring things out and that they should keep it outside of you as much as possible. Especially because like if they try it and it doesn't work out, that's just going to you know, leave you in an awkward, uncomfortable position. But that's the, the, the weird thing is that either way, whether they try it or they don't try it, I'm assuming that your mother is still staying with you as long as she's like getting her life together. If this were me, I guess my biggest thing takeaway from this, if this were me, I would be looking to 
and I know you, you you're like set up to like have your your name on the deed and everything, so that's cool or whatever. But I would be looking to get out of there because you're just gonna get pulled into all of these things in living with your parents. And I know I'm assuming you're still in school, you're still in college. I don't know for sure, but I guess that that's like a reason. But I I would be looking. I know you you talked about buying like a second house or whatever and renting out your house for your dad. I'd be looking to expedite that process if you can. Even if you have to like rent or something like that, which again, your big old capitalistic brain, you don't, I don't, I don't know if that's in the cards for you, but I would try to separate my life from these, these messy, messy parents. I guess your dad's not messy, but at least separate yourself from your mom a little bit. Cause this is, this is a whole ass therapy session that needs to be had. A whole fam, familial therapy session. I say all that to say, I think that this is above the advice column in reddit this is like again therapy seek it everyone it would be helpful in this situation i believe okay on to the next one this one is another relationship issue um i don't really see any mention of names or anything um so i'm just gonna call this person big bird because i love big bird and I have a feeling there's some bird activity going on in this one. <laughs> if you know, you know. Anyway, Big Bird says, am I overthinking? I'm worried my partner might be cheating on me, but I also have a lot of anxiety and spin stories in my head. We've been dating for a while. Early into the relationship, he confessed to me that he is a recovering sex addict. Oh gosh. He seemed to be dealing with it well. He was open about almost everything. Two times in the relationship, sorry, Two times in the relationship, he admitted more to some stuff he told me, which was upsetting and broke my trust a little bit. However, he has continued counseling for it with a psychologist throughout our relationship, and he has been seeing his psychologist since he was 19. Well, that's positive. In our relationship, he has had one relapse and one right before we started dating. This also broke my trust a little. He waited until he was almost in trouble with the police. They decided not to press charges to tell me about the incident before we started dating. Okay, so not only is he a sex addict, he's like a sex addict to the point where he is... That makes it sound like it was like an assault situation, which is a little bit different than just like sex addiction. Like sex addiction plus violating people is like another level and you are stronger than me, Big Bird. Oh, never mind. Forget I even said anything. I didn't even fucking read. Um, the incident was that he was wearing two revealing clothes at a change room and showed off and made the attendant uncomfortable. Okay, never mind. I didn't speak too soon. That is still assault or harassment. Either way, it's a thing you're not supposed to do. The second incident I caught him, it was inappropriate, but not harming anyone, including me. The fact that you didn't say it is a little concerning to me, Big Bird. I'm going to say it. The fact that you didn't extrapolate on what the second incident was now i am worried he is cheating because he has been needing time away from home after his new job but i don't know if i have a reason to suspect this because it could be for so many reasons it is typical for him to need to go for a drive sometimes i would go with him or not or he would longboard but today he was out, out after today he was after uh, we're gonna say it one more time but today he was out after work past or since 12 p.m. and it is now 4 p.m. When I called at 3.30, he said he was going to the shop and then come right back home an hour earlier. 
There was no background noise, and he said he was still browsing. And late and last night, he told me that he was going to Sex Addicts Anonymous to find a sponsor to help him. I didn't prompt this at all or know he was thinking that. I'm worried about him because he is bipolar and his meds aren't working and his psychiatrist isn't calling him back. Do I talk about my concern? Is he cheating or what? Okay. Hmm. There's like a lot of people do this so often in Reddit and then like on other advice podcasts where they'll do like all of this like foreground in their story and then they'll say the most relevant stuff at the very end. <laughs> and that's what it feels like you just did. It was like, oh, by the way, his meds aren't working and he's bipolar. Just just tack that on at the end. Um, I think that this is really, 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 really up to you. Um, I think when you care about someone who's going through mental health issues, um, I think in many situations, the like easy answer would be to just like, oh, if you're doubting that someone is being faithful to you to just break up with them or whatever. But I know that in this situation, there's like so many layers and emotions and love and whatever. I don't really know about that love stuff, but alas, I think that the best course of action would be to bring it up to him. Just bring up that you're concerned, I guess. And you can frame it as you could be super honest and just be like, hey, yesterday was kind of weird and it made me a little uncomfortable. I think that that's, that's probably the easiest thing, not the easiest thing, but probably the most logical thing to do is to just be very specific about this very recent incident um, that made you a little concerned and confused and be like, I'm not accusing you of anything. I just want to let you know that it was like weird. <laughs> it was, it was very weird that you said one thing and then did another thing. And there was all of this radio silence, basically. I think that that's probably the way to go is to have the conversation first gauge the reaction and then go from there i also think it would be super helpful to maybe look into a new psychiatrist i know that he's been seeing the psychiatrist since he was 19 however and i don't know how many years that is um but i think at least and maybe this isn't the same with psychiatrists i only know from the perspective of therapy that if one psychiatrist isn't working or isn't meeting your needs or isn't assigning you the meds that you know that you need, um, sometimes you just got to go get a second opinion or you got to go find another um, psychiatrist to work with, um, you know, and that's not like a bad thing to do. I, I feel like pretty much almost everything, every service in life, sometimes you have to do like a little bit of trial and error before you find the one that like really, really fits. And so if this psychiatrist is no longer like working for your partner, I would suggest, you know, and maybe you could help him out with this, like looking for somebody else to help out because someone who's struggling with the things that he's struggling through should be supported in a way that helps him. And I feel like he's not being supported right now. And so, yeah, again, have that have that conversation. Just be honest. The same way that you wrote out this Reddit post. And hopefully nothing is amiss. He just needs a little bit of support. All right. Moving on to the next one. Thank you so much, Big Bird. Okay, this one is like a <laughs> sharp contrast from the last two, but I think we need it. I'm going to call this person Elmo. So Elmo says... Is it a good idea to ask my friends with benefits if he is a drug dealer? 
Elmo says, sorry for this absolute weird question. After discussing my friends with benefits, let's call him T, and my friend, let's call him J. We had this realization that he might be a drug dealer and how he acts sketchy when the subject of what his side job was. I met T on a dating app and met to hook up. First time was fun and we wanted to meet up again. A few weeks passed and I had the chance to meet up with him. We did this a couple of times over the span of a few months. We didn't really talk much. Our main way of talking is messaging through Snapchat with the 24 hour setting on because he doesn't use Discord and I really hate texting people through text messages. So because we were friends on Snapchat, I could see his location. Why do people have their locations on, on Snapchat, by the way? I've always found that slightly concerning. I would use friends on Snapchat. Uh, I would use Snapchat several times a day and notice he's always in a different area far away from where he lives. Like states away. Whoa. One time our jobs came up and he said he worked at a place I'd been once. But yet I only saw him once at that place on the map during his supposed schedule. One time when he, we met, I asked him about how he travels so far a lot, and he got real awkward, like stuttering, awkward chuckles, trying to change the subject. He was vague about his side job and how it made him travel. I kind of just accepted it and moved on. We started talking less and less because of me being busy. He's never messaged me during that time. I was always the one who needed to start the convo. I would notice he always was high, or he always was in high drug dealing areas. How did you... <laughs> do you just know what the high drug dealing areas are or did you google if an area was high drug i need to know i need more context in this um at one point i gave him my discord but he never added me he only kept it in snapchat my friend jay was instantly sussed from his street smarts of growing up in high crime areas okay there it is <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm so sorry he instantly said that t is a drug dealer and that i need to stop talking to him ASAP. Mind us, we were from a high, we were a little high from smoking weed, so we might just be over exaggerating. I had a gut feeling for a while that he might be, but then I just shrugged it off because he didn't appear to even have a moderately stable, he didn't appear even moderately stable with his income. But I really want to know the truth before I kick this guy kind of like out of my life. Maybe he isn't, and it's just some big misunderstanding. It most likely is. But should I ask him about it? <laughs> this reminds me there's this episode of glee where um sorry if you don't watch glee you're gonna have to listen to this anyway there's this episode of glee where santana rachel and kurt are snowed in in their apartment in new york and rachel invited her boyfriend brody and santana is like really sussed about brody like she doesn't trust brody because he carries like huge wads of cash and she found that out by digging through um everybody's stuff and stuff like that and that he has a pager he has a pager and he carries huge wads of cash and they're all like they're like no santana you're being stupid he's not a drug dealer brody's a dancer he's a student blah, 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 blah. and then eventually it comes out that brody is a uh escort so like santana was very wrong like she was she knew that something was sus but she was very like on the wrong side of the tracks right and so this could be this situation like you guys could be like yeah it is weird that he's always in all these random places and that his job is like takes him all over the place um but he might not be a drug dealer <laughs> it might be something else and so i wouldn't go up to him and be like yo are you a drug dealer because that's kind of a big thing to accuse somebody of um i don't even know how you would have that conversation 
but you said you've tried to like bring up like what he does for work and he's dodged it this um is he j or t he is j he's t he's t your friend is j the drug dealer is t elmo okay so elmo i would just say <laughs> i think the best course of action is to try to have like an actual like upfront conversation but also like are you trying to cut him off just because he's a drug dealer because i feel like there's so many people who like i mean i guess you know like you don't want to be tied up in like legalities and stuff but like have you ever gotten the sense that he's like a dangerous person you know what i mean like if he's a drug dealer but he's like an upstanding guy you're gonna stop looking up with him just because he sells drugs i don't know about that that's a little weird but anyway 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 i think that you should just have an upfront question like hey we've been doing this for a while i've just been like actually curious about like what you do for a living if you don't want to tell me that's cool and see how he responds to that <laughs> it sounds like it's a deal breaker for you though if he's a drug dealer so maybe just kind of i mean do you live in an area where there's nobody else to hook up with because if it's really bothering you that much then just cut the cut the cut the hole loose I mean, if you're just hooking up, you know, anyway, that was interesting, Elmo. I like that. That was a nice palate cleanser after the deep emotional stuff. Okay. I think we'll do one more. No, I think we're going to switch into Am I the Asshole? And then we'll do like two Am I the Assholes? And then we will close the uh, Ask Your Dad segments. For those of you who are unenlightened, the Am I the Asshole tag on Reddit is just people giving these ridiculous situations and then asking if they're in the wrong or the third party in the situation is the wrong. And I think that they're quite fun and exciting. So here we go. This one sounds fun. Am I the asshole for blowing up at my daughter's hairdresser? We're going to call this person Zoe. Because I love Zoe. Um, the Sesame Street. I almost called her a Muppet, but I think the Sesame Street people are not Muppets. I think that there is like a very, very very big genetic divide between the Sesame Street characters and the Muppets. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Zoe says, am I the asshole for blowing up my daughter's hair, blowing up at, am I the asshole for blowing up at my daughter's hairdresser? I know the title sounds bad, but hear me out. On Friday, I drove my daughter, Layla, to her hairdresser appointment. She has seen this hairdresser for several years now. Layla is 16, by the way. And she knows that Layla always gets the same haircut. Halfway down her back with a middle part. On the way to the appointment, Layla told me that she was getting the same thing as always. Well, imagine my shock when I show up to the salon to pick her up and see that all of Layla's beautiful hair is gone. Her hair is as short as can be without being a buzz cut. And it's so short that the back looks like it's been shaved. <gasps> I'm not proud of this, but I burst into tears. I barely recognized my daughter. And I couldn't believe her hair was gone. I freaked out on the hairdresser accusing her of butchering my daughter's hair, and she was insisting that Layla asked for this. Well, I told her I don't think it's appropriate for her to massively modify a minor's appearance without parental consent. I was going to storm out, but the hairdresser threatened to call the cops, noting that she has her contact info. So I paid and left, promising that the hairdresser would only hear from us again if we decided to purchase Layla a wig, which I would expect the hairdresser to pay for. Layla has refused to talk to me since then, saying I embarrassed her, but really, I am the one who has the right to be mad at her. She would never have lied to me, which is why she's grounded right now. 
Now at the family reunions this summer, during our trip, she's going to have a boy haircut. Oh man, Zoe, I wanted to support you, but I cannot, and I can barely stand to look at it. Yes, hair grows back, but she won't look normal again for months, if not a year. What? Is it really so unreasonable to expect a hairdresser to warn me before my child does something so drastic with her appearance? I can't believe this is what's driving a wedge between me and my daughter. Am I the asshole? Okay. So, Zoe, I don't think that you're the asshole for your immediate reaction, because I feel like that's, like, such a mom reaction. However, I do think that you are the asshole for, like, making your daughter feel as if it's something embarrassing to have a short haircut. Because if she wanted to try a short haircut, like, that should be something within her space and within her right, because it's her fucking hair, not yours, and her body and her personality and her identity, not yours. So I was with you when I thought that you and your daughter were both upset. But the fact that your daughter wanted to have a short haircut and you're not supporting her in that, you are the problem and you are the asshole. I do get, like, as a parent, you... I mean, your daughter's 16, though. That's, like... You shouldn't have given us those, that context because it's different if your daughter is like six. But a 16-year-old knows like how they want their hair to look and how they want to present to the world. So the fact that you grounded a 16-year-old for requesting a short haircut and you not liking it is really concerning. <laughs> Super concerning, Zoe. I doubt you'll listen to this because I'm looking at the replies under this Reddit thing and there's like a lot of replies and you are probably going to be you're you're gonna be um taken out of this you're gonna be like i'm done hearing people's opinions about this but my opinion is that you are being not a very nice mom and also kind of sexist i have to say it as well this is not is not a great look <laughs> because as, as a parent like you should not it feels like you're more concerned with what other people are going to think about your daughter than what your daughter thinks about herself. And that's problematic. And we're going to leave it at that. We're going to close that book, Miss Zoe. And we're going to move on to the next one. So what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? <laughs> this one's just funny. I feel like this might be a funny one to end on. But it's kind of short, so we might do we might do one more after. I'm going to call this person uh, Ernie. No... Yes, Ernie. I was I was debating between Bert or Ernie. We'll go with Ernie. Ernie, who is a 32-year-old woman, recently went to a college reunion. At my college, we had a very competitive cheer team, and I was on it. And when I say cheer team, I don't mean like the sidelines cheer, but all-star cheer, competitive cheer. You better you better say it. You better say it, Ernie. I thought of cheer as my hobby and not something I wanted to do in the future. When we were talking about our life now, I mentioned that I am an OBGYN. And someone brought up how I was so good at cheerleading and I should have become something connected with that. And I said, I do remember how fun it was and stuff like that. And someone told me to shut up and no one wants to know and no one asked. It hurt a little bit and I kind of moved away from interacting with people. I asked my fiance if we could go home. He instantly understood because I have anxiety from putting myself out there and talking to people sometimes. Sister friend Ernie, there is no world where you are the asshole in this scenario. 
Somebody asked you about your cheerleading experience, and so you talked about how fun it was. You didn't even say I was a bad bitch cheerleader. They was flipping me. I was doing flips and tricks and one-handed one-handed stunts and shit. You just said it was so fun. Like, that was such a fun part of my life, and you were, like, reminiscing about it. No, you're not the fucking asshole for liking your past and liking a huge part of your identity. What? What? If anybody's an asshole, it's that person who told you to shut up and nobody asked you about cheerleading. Was this a woman? Was this a man? Not that it, like, matters, but, like, if it was... I feel like it was a man. I feel like it was. I'm also just in a real man-hating mood lately, so that might be part of it. But I'm just like, who is that bitter? I wish somebody would. I wish that I was there for you, because I would have cussed them out. I'm surprised your husband didn't cuss them out, because I would have cussed them out. That's fucking rude. Anyway, you're not the asshole, Ernie, at all. And yeah, that was a short one, so we'll do one more. Am I the asshole for agreeing with my sister that our cousin's humor is cringe? And we will call this one Count Dracula. Is that his name, or is he just the Count? I think he's just the Count because he counts. Yeah, the Count. Okay. The Count is 23, a 23-year-old girl. I have a younger sister named Naomi, who's 18. We have a cousin named Micah. Our family spends a lot of time together during the summer, basically every weekend, but this summer especially, my sister and I have noticed that Micah's humor is very cringe, like so much that it's becoming hard to even talk to him. This previous Saturday, we were at Micah and his family's house because his mom was cooking and him and Naomi were talking about how she's going to college in the fall. Micah started making cringe jokes like, watch out for the boys and make sure they ask me before you go on any dates. Mm. He laughed so hard and Naomi just stared at him. He asked if she was okay, and she apologized a lot, but she said that she didn't laugh because it wasn't funny. Micah was kind of upset, but he was still joking in a joking mood and asked how he wasn't funny, and my sister flat out told him that his humor was cringy. He seemed genuinely blown away by this and asked if I thought the same, and I said yes. He was pretty down after that, and I heard him ask his mom if his humor was really that unbearable. <laughs> From his behavior, I think we really hurt his feelings because he didn't even look at me again. Am I the asshole? No, you're not the asshole, because let me tell you something, the Count. Why did I name you the Count? Anyway, let me tell you something. When people have cringe humor, or when they say just ridiculous off-the-wall things, usually it's because nobody had the chutzpah, the guts, the gall, to say, bitch, what the fuck you just said was really fucking stupid. Nobody was saying that to that person. So I believe that because you said that to him, He's going to be thinking about that now in his interactions when he decides to make fucking rape jokes or when he decides to be really weird and misogynistic with his jokes. He's going to think, mm, my cousins really fucking hated when I did that and they're pretty upstanding people. So I feel like these other upstanding people that I'm around probably won't like these jokes either. Let me reevaluate and come up with something with a little bit more, I don't know, humor, pizzazz, <laughs> something that's not... What I would read on freaking iFunny in junior high school, you know? I think that you guys are completely in your rights, the Counts and Naomi. I think you guys are were totally right to call him out on his stupid, cringy jokes. And if he cried about it, oh well. <laughs> Hopefully he learned from it. We gotta be, We gotta stop being afraid of making people hurt by telling them the truth. We gotta tell people the truth, even if it hurts. Because if we don't tell people the truth, then they're just walking around saying stupid things. And then our world just gets dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber.
we all got to be honest, even if it hurts. That's that's my that's my thinking point <laughs> that I want to leave on. And I think it applies to literally all of the stuff from today, except for the cheerleading one, because that guy was honest about how he didn't want to hear about cheerleading in a rude way. And fuck that guy or girl. I don't know. Again, we still don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that will be all for the Ask Your Dad segment. We're going to take a quick break and come back for the last segment of the show, Daddy of the Day, where we hype up people who are masculine and not cringe. Hooray! All right, everybody, we are back for the final segment of the show, Daddy of the Day. Daddy of the Day, where we shout out men who are okay, a-okay, positive representations of masculinity. Um, Today, I have three daddies of the day, I think. Yeah, I have three. And it's just me, so I can talk about them for as long or as little as I'd like. I think this episode is already hitting an hour, so I will try to keep it brief to the point. I know some of y'all be listening to this on your commute, and I'm not trying to be one of them podcasts where you park outside and you wait for it to finish. Like, you know, I want it to finish like right when you get to your destination. That would be sweet tummy. Okay, so my first daddy is from a show that I've talked about on this show before, I believe, and I've given a daddy from the show before and that show is legendary it's on hbo max it is a competition a ballroom house versus house competition reality show and it's so fun and so the looks are great the performances are great the judges are great and this season i've heard some people say that this season was boring when i tell you that this season has had me on the edge of my fucking seat i haven't liked okay there are some in season one and season two i feel like i had a better like connection to more of the houses than i had in season three in season three i had my three houses that i wanted to go all the way and i was just supporting them through and through i won't talk too much more about that because i don't want to give out any spoilers because i want people to go watch the show because it's so good but anyway one of my favorite houses this season was the house of revlon and they're from france They were very talented. They were very fun. They were very festive. They did everything. Flips, tricks, one-handed tricks, everything. They was doing all the things. And my favorite member of that house, even though I love them all because they're all great and all very, very talented, but my favorite member was one Nunoy Revlon. And I love Nunoy. He calls himself the Prince of House Revlon. And that is true because that is true. Anyway, not only is this man beautiful, Not only is this man enthusiastic and fun, he carried from episode Hua to episode, the last episode. He he carried through and through. He was doing, he walked like almost every category, I feel like. He rocked Sex Siren. He did Old Way. He did, he did a lot of shit. He was part of the Three Blind Mice, which is my favorite category, which is basically like three members of the house have to like walk together in complete sync and um do choreography in complete sync and that was so fun and so cool but yeah i love house of revlon because when they perform as a house like they had the cleanest house performances from start to finish i would say and not every house can say that even some of the houses who were getting like really big scores did not always have clean consistent house performances and revlon did from the first episode to where we are now and Nunoy is so epic because 
every time that new noi was on stage by himself to do like walk one of these other categories i feel like he carried and i can't say that about everybody in this competition but i feel like new noi like rehearsed properly and took it seriously and was a good fucking sport from start to finish this season and so i love him i stand him i think he is amazing and so that's my shout out Ninoi revlon i love you also the rest of the revlons i love you too kobe is fucking fine as hell i would climb him like a tree but we're not talking about him today maybe another day we'll talk about him um <laughs> anyway on to the next daddy of the day a little movie came out this past weekend that i have watched almost three times i think two and a half times i've watched this movie called fire island and i was i've been excited about fire island for like months like since i heard that it was coming out just because it's a gay rom-com based on jane austen come on look at the material <laughs> look at the material everyone it can't it doesn't get better than this um <laughs> but it's also written by joel kim booster who is a comedian who i've been following since college because there was like this phase i went through in college where i was just like watching a lot of gay stand-up comedians because I thought it was so like intriguing that I think historically like stand-up has been like a very homophobic transphobic place and so to see queer people be funnier than straight people in that area was like really exciting for me and Joel Kim Booster was one like there's like a couple of like videos on YouTube that I would watch like over and over again. It's part of my self-help playlist, a lot of his videos, um, which is basically just a YouTube playlist that I shuffle um, when I'm sitting at a desk or I'm doing something that I don't really want to be doing. And that way I can have something positive that I enjoy in the background of doing whatever I don't want to be doing. It's worked pretty well for me, <laughs> actually. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Anyway. Fire Island is basically just a film about a bunch of best gay friends who reunite every summer to go to Fire Island, which is an island off of New York, off the coast of New York, that's like super gay and fun and festive and horny and fun. And it's very well written. It's very well performed, very well cinematographed. The director is awesome. I think his name is Andrew On. I think. I think I'm right. I feel like I'm right. I'm not going to fact check because I think I'm right. But also you guys should look up and make sure that I'm right so that you don't walk out in the world and say it if that's not his name. Anyway, Joel Kim Booster stars in it and he also wrote it as well as um, some other people whose names escape me right now who are very notable and fun as well as some other people who aren't as notable but are also really fun. I think like everybody in this cast, even the villains, quote unquote, you know, performed down. Like, it's a really funny movie. It's a really heartfelt movie. And it talks a lot about um, just the not-so-fun parts of the gay experience. And I think that that is to be commended. Um, it's it's really fun. It balances, like, the fun stuff and, like, the real shit and, like, the uh, society, let's look at society stuff. And Joel Kim Booster is in it, and he is so fine but the person who i want to talk about today you know what no no no. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that joel kambooster did amazing in this and he wrote and he inspired me and shit so he is one of the daddies yes for sure i guess i have four daddies this week joel kambooster is one of the daddies for sure and then my next daddy from the same film is conrad rickamora because he plays one of the key love interests in this film 
And he is so freaking hot in this movie and so like mask and fun. And I, I don't normally like like the super mask gay characters. I don't know. Usually it feels, it feels like forced and not fun. I don't know. But this character for me felt like really realistic and interesting. And I could see why the protagonist slow burn falls for this character. And also, Conrad has fucking body yaddy yaddy, you know? I don't know if he's always had body yaddy yaddy. I can't remember from the How to Get Away with Murder days. That's what he was in. Um, I think that's like his big like screen acting debut, I want to say, is Oliver in uh, How to Get Away with Murder, which I might go back and rewatch How to Get Away with Murder now because I miss, I miss Conrad on my screen and maybe that's why I've been watching this movie so fucking much. But anyway, two fine men who get to kiss, who are also gay. That's the other thing. I'm pretty sure all of the gay characters in this movie are played by gay men, which is great. It's a plus. It's a, it's it's the cherry on top of an already amazing film. So love that. Um, my final daddy of the day, so I can get off these fucking airwaves and leave you people alone and let you get back to your lives, is um, I want to do every daddy of the day this month, I want to do one character from queer media that I feel like deserves some hyping up because they were a really cool positive representation for masculinity and queer masculinity as well. And the character that I would like to shout out today is Lido Hernandez from Sensei. Woo! Yeah! Sensei! So good! Most people know Sensei is like my favorite show. Like I love Sensei so much. It is so good. Um... But Leto is a character that has stuck with me forever because he's like this mod, like there's this like machismo about him because, you know, his character is in Mexico City and he's like this famous actor and he has to hide his sexuality for a lot of the show. Um, but at the same time, like when he comes home and he's in his safe place, you get to see this like other side of him, like this very dramatic side of him, this very emotional side. And he's just like a really fun character to watch especially in juxtaposition with the other characters in the show i really like the juxtaposition between him and son that they play with in a couple episodes because he's kind of like this you know physically strong character but is like very emotional and dramatic and then you have son who is like this woman who is very calm and has all the strength like bubbling underneath the surface but is very like level-headed rational you know, she knows when to turn it on, and Lido completely does not. And seeing the two of them, like, side by side is always, like, so funny. Anyway, everyone should go watch Sensei. That is, like, if there was, like, <laughs> I don't know if I would even call it, like, a period. No, it's not a period piece, but I feel like, you know how there's, like, American literature? I feel like there should be, like, American cinema and American television. And I feel like Sensei is going to go down in history as, like, a really, really, really great moment for like representation storytelling um humanity because that show is so fucking human um yeah it ranks pretty high in my list of list of things to watch um i might watch it this month i feel like june is a good month to rewatch sensei and i'm trying to get away from rewatching <laughs> the things in my childhood that were like really bad representation just because it like feels good to watch like glee for instance is like not the greatest <laughs> it does not hold up super well teen wolf does not hold up super well but sensei every time i've rewatched sensei i've still i've been like just as into it as i was the first time i watched it so 
I think I need to spend more time um, on content like that. Anyway, that is the end of this episode of Ask Your Dad. We are back. Hope you missed us. Hope you stick around. If you've been listening within the hiatus to like some of the old episodes, I really, really, really fucking appreciate you. Um, this podcast is like my little safe space. And I was a little nervous going into the beginning of this because it's been so long since I've done it. It feels like it's been so much longer than it has. Um, so I was scared I was going to like not be into it or not feel as good about it anymore. And that's why I'm actually glad that this first episode is a single father episode because I feel like I got all the nervousness out. And then next week when somebody's on it, who is a really fun guest, by the way, um, I think I'll be more ready to, you know, get into it. Get into it. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it for today. I'm going to cap it right there. And I'm going to let you guys get on with your lives. If you are interested in sending an email to us or DMing us with questions that you have that you want featured in the Ask Your Dad segment, please feel free to. You can follow us on Instagram at askyourdadpod, also on Twitter, same same handle. And if you want to email us in something like a long story or something, you can email us at justaskyourdad at gmail.com. If you're interested in following me on all of my socials, my tag is hermanjohndad on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, don't add me on Snapchat, and TikTok. Do add me on TikTok. I'm almost to 2,000 followers. I'm really close. So if you guys want to help me out with that, that'd be sick, nasty. Okay. Anyway, that'll be all for this week. If you are looking for more Herman content to get into uh, before <laughs> next week's episode, you can, again, follow my TikTok. Or you can go on my link tree, which is on all the socials, and you could watch the vlog from the birthday trip that I talked about in the beginning of the episode. It's pretty cute, I would say. And it has like ask your dad energy, I think, because I edited it. So it, it, it's a nice like in between and it's visual, like you can watch it on YouTube. So if you've ever been like, wow, I wish ask your dad was, um, was visual, then there, there's that. Ask your dad will never be visual, by the way, <laughs> just in case you had your hopes up about that. I believe in the sanctity of podcasting. Anyway, that's all. See you guys next week. Be safe. Be kind to yourself and uh, be kind to others. Goodbye.